Social Media Serenity Podcast Episode Number 38. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Social Media Serenity. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is Eric Fisher. We're here each and every week to navigate through the world of Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, connect pages, open off, all that evil stuff and more. (laughs) I love that you gave this episode a title before we even began, Eric. (laughs) You want to tell people? Well, it's been been the theme. tell, Tell people what the episode title is. Is Facebook evil? Is Facebook evil? I think before we actually get into answering that question, I think it would be a good place to start right here with Brent Green's feedback of the week. Hey, it's Brent Green calling from Kansas City. This is for the Social Media Serenity podcast. Hey, I got a question for you. I just have a whole lot more response on Facebook. I've been on Facebook a long time. When I post something out to my uh, friends or followers, when I when I compare Twitter versus Facebook, I just have a ton more response on Facebook. So just wanted to get some input from you there. I know you guys love Twitter. I know you use Facebook as well. But um, I'm thinking more and more about building our brand around, spending more time on Facebook. Wanted to get some input from you guys on that. Hey, thanks for what you do. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Eric, what do you think about that? Um, well, from everything I've heard, you don't necessarily want to lock yourself in on one social network. So to be quite honest, I think if you're going to build a brand, build it on your own personal hosted blog, and then you've got complete control. This is exactly it. This is exactly it. Um, you know, I, I had somebody the other day say, you know, well, if, if, if I have this podcast that I create, you know, um, how, how do I get, you know, a list of all the people who are subscribed to my content? And I said, well, you not, you don't necessarily do that. She goes, well, gosh, with my a Weber and, and my mailing list, you know, at least if, if somebody wants my content, I know who they are. And I said, yeah, it, it's a different way of, of, of subscription model. It's not necessarily you, you, you send out a message to everybody who's subscribed, but instead everybody who's subscribed has the ability to come and get your message when they want it. And, and, and it is a different way of thinking of things. But, uh, you know, this whole idea of, of just locking yourself into one one means of connecting with your with your audience or with the world uh that's it's actually a a, it's a scary thought to me because things change um you know i i know it's impossible to imagine but facebook could self-destruct and implode and and within a matter of you know 30 to 60 days or sometimes maybe even with less notice facebook could possibly just go away and you have to remember, it's only been open to the public for three years. Right. right. So, I mean, you, you, I guess the thing I'm saying is you have to do your own website, whether that's a blog, whether that, I mean, depending upon your level of skill, you create your own site, you host your content wherever you host your content, and you then use all these social media outlets as promotion and interactivity tools 
not relying on any one of them specifically as the be all end all. Yes. You and, can't do it. Exactly. And and one of the things that's why I love podcasting uh, and it's why I love having you know, a, a blog of my own on my own hosted server that I have as much control over as one can have control over where, you know, I'm encouraging people not to leave comments on Facebook, not to leave comments on Twitter, but to to come and participate in the forum. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. I love that people leave comments on Facebook and I'm there. And, and when I get a comment, I do my best to respond to those just as much as I do to the people in the forum. But I certainly have a whole lot more interaction in my forum than I do in any of the other social networks. And by golly, that's the way I want it to be. You know, I I love actually, you know, what I'll have is I'll have somebody who will comment on my on my Facebook update, you know, related to loss and they'll share they'll share a theory. And I'm like. I'll, I'll take that and I say, hey, do you mind if I take your theory that you've posted here and put it in our community forum? Because that way, not only will I read it, but so many other people who are you know, devoted and fans of this topic will also read it and they'll hear it and, and comment on it and help you build, build on that theory. Um, yeah. And so um, it, 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 it's, a, it's a much greater source of uh, interaction. And so basically what happens is I, I, I filter things from those networks into the forum. And then that way, if in five, 10 years from now, we're talking about a different service other than Facebook and Twitter, um, then I still have that one central location where people do have an account where people can sign in and people can participate. And I'm in control of whether or not that goes away or not. Yeah, exactly. So you have to plan for the future because this stuff changes so quickly. When you were starting podcasting, Facebook, I mean, it existed, but Twitter didn't. Right. And Facebook wasn't open to the public at the time. Exactly. Exactly. So, and here's the, here's the other thing is that, um, you know, obviously I don't, I don't interact very much on LinkedIn at all, but I still have a presence, a very active presence on LinkedIn. I purposely will go in and anybody who requests to connect with me on LinkedIn, I accept it. Um, you know, I don't think there's any time in the future that I'm going to be going out and looking for a job using my connections on LinkedIn. Right. Um, so that's not really why I'm there. What, I, what I'm there for is there are a lot of people who use LinkedIn who do not use Facebook and who do not use Twitter. But what I have as uh, what I have available to me is the ability to take all of my status updates, which most of the time draw people back to my branded websites. Um, I have the ability to throw out these status updates with links back to my stuff. And those folks who only use LinkedIn, but not the other services still get the same kind of information as the people on Facebook and Twitter. And so that that's that's what I would suggest is definitely don't decide for yourself to just use Facebook and use Facebook alone, because I want to tell you, there are a lot of people out there who use Twitter, but despise Facebook and, um, you know, and, and, and the other way around and the other way around. There are people who despise Twitter and, and love Facebook. And there's one other thing that he said uh, in his call. He said, you know, I've been on, you know, he gets, he gets a lot more interaction on Facebook than he does Twitter. Uh, but he, he, I think he gave the reason why 
um, for, uh, you know, in his follow up statement saying, I've been on Facebook a lot longer. I, you know, I, it sounds to me like he spends more you know, time, you know, cultivating those relationships on Facebook. And maybe it's easier to do that. And I can see for some people that that may be very well the case. It is the important thing here is how do you get comments from people? How do you get people to leave you comments on your updates and and to interact with you? Well, it's all about investing in them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, Eric, I'll be the first to admit and confess to folks that there are times when I get into my own little branded bubble and I'm only pushing out content, pushing out content, pushing out content. And I'm right. not, and I'm not interacting. And you know what I see is I see that my interactivity with my audience has dropped drastically. It's not necessarily that they're not responding to the links, but they're just not commenting as much as they used to. I mean, they're still getting the updates. They're happy to come to the live shows and stuff like that. But man, I'm just not seeing the the uh, the comments. And then what I'll do is I'll say, you know what? I, I need to get back to, I don't know how I got away from my scheduling my time for new media. And and so I need to, I need to put it back in, you know, two one hour blocks a week to just purposely build relationships with people and read what's going on with their status updates. And here's the point, leave them comments. And, right. and that's one of the things I love about my iPad is that I have all this time away from my computer and I can actually pull up my, my uh, iPad and I love to get on, I'm using Twitterific now currently on the iPad, the iPad version of Twitterific. And I can go in there and I can look at my lists uh, of my, I have a list for gspn.tv plus members and I, and I go through and, and I'll sit there and, and read what's going on. And as much as I can, I will hit reply and just say, Hey, you know, here's some comments on that. And when I do that for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, I start to notice that all of a sudden I'm getting a whole lot more interaction from my community as well. So, so Brent and anybody else listening who wants to build a brand online through social networking, I think the points here, number one, don't ever limit yourself to just one outlet. And number two, only expect as much as you give. And and so and what I mean by that is only expect as many comments as you're willing to actually give back to other people. Yeah. Yep. And, and two things I have two thoughts real quick on what, on what you just said, basically. One is. Um, yeah, you, I, I've noticed it too. If you just put stuff out there, if you just push out promotional stuff, you don't get a lot of interactivity, but if you actually interact and respond and give and take and throw those out there, both things win. Right. Um, and then going back real quick to LinkedIn, something that had just occurred to me is that you're doing a great service. Even if you're not using LinkedIn, you personally, um, by connecting with all these people that choose to connect with you because what that does is that that allows those of us in the community um, to find each other more easily because we are connected with you and then you are connected with the other person. Yes. So you're kind of a connector, a network hub in a sense for the community on LinkedIn. So that's a good thing, even though you've never thought of it. Absolutely. I, I, I didn't so. think about it that way. But yeah, it, it's kind of like a Rolodex of of com- yeah. GSPN community members that you can connect with in that network. Yeah, just look to see who Cliff is connected to. So there's another reason, Brent, for you to have a presence in Twitter 
and on on LinkedIn because, you know, obviously they would probably like to connect with other people who they have uh, this shared common um, connectivity of, of your network of podcasts and your your brand. And so exactly. That's a good point. Thank you very much, Eric. So the thing is, though, we're talking about Facebook and uh, I was just interviewed on be a better husband podcast dot com. That's Andy Traub's new podcast. And yesterday we were talking about, um, you know, the the kids and media. And I told him, you know, that, you know, right now I have three children, five, eight and ten. And, you know, my two oldest kids have Twitter accounts. McKenna does not yet. But it's not because of her age, because I honestly, I want to send up uh, McKenna a Twitter account. I just haven't got around to it. I think she'd get a kick out of starting to to type some things in there and play around with it. And then, of course, we, you know, we we set their accounts to private and only allow certain people to see certain things, which, by the way, this is going to be an upcoming topic for Family from the Heart. Stephanie and I are going to try to come up with like our top 10 or top 20 guidelines that we give our kids about social media, things that you never are allowed to do uh, and and have that as a topic, uh, social media and kids on familyfromtheheart.com. It's a great idea. But uh, the, here's the situation, though, is I said, you know, I let I let my kids have this. But I said, not in a million years would I let my kids at this point start a Facebook profile. OK, not yet. Uh, and, and of course, not in a million years is a, <laughs> that's kind of a strong statement. But right now, there's no way I'd let my kids start a Facebook profile. Um, now, if Megan came to me uh, and, and Jonathan's asking, how old's my oldest? So Megan's 10. Uh, if Megan came to me, we would sit down and have some, I would say, negotiations about her creating a Facebook profile. But let mm-hmm. me let me tell you, my hesitations about Facebook right now is I have this looming question. And I think it's funny that you named this episode is Facebook evil. And I have to wonder, is this, I mean, obviously I'm not talking about evil in a, in a spiritual sense, but you know, it's like this company, I don't know that I can trust it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and there's been, I think the issue for most people is not only the people who on the lowest level just hate that the design changes from time to time and they lose where they even know how to work the thing, so to speak. It's like somebody moved my power button on it, um, which I don't have a problem with. I completely love when Facebook fixes things because for me, it's always been they've made things better design-wise. Right. But is but in terms of privacy, in terms of how the information that I've put in your free system, granted, um, is working, if you keep changing that on me and I don't, know how to corral certain things into certain places because you keep changing it and not not having it be opt-in versus automatic, then there's going to be a problem. And I think that's kind of, I mean, I think to the, to the largest degree so far, this is where the backlash is coming from now. Yeah, I, I think so. Here, here's the situation. I mean, for the, for the longest time, people think, you know, if I, as long as I, I only choose certain friends, then anything I put on Facebook can only be seen by those friends. That's the, uh, right. That's, that's the expectation. But, but let me ask you, Eric, is that the reality? It is not the reality. What is the reality? Well, to be honest, okay, Eric, let's just say this. (laughs) I'm brand new. I'm signing up for Facebook today for the very first time. Let's just hypothetically, I'm signing up for Facebook today, but I only want to share information with Eric Fisher, with Stephanie Ravenscraft 
and and um you know and and my other co-host from gspn.tv let's just say that's i I don't want to use facebook for any other reason than just those things and i'm gonna put i'm gonna put up i'm gonna put up photos i'm gonna have we're gonna have i'm gonna put up things for discussion i'm gonna put status updates that only are relevant to us and what we're doing behind the scenes here at gspn and and it's it's just gonna be our private little club our private little group and anything i put on facebook my expectation would be that only you stephanie and the other co-host of gspn are gonna ever see but tell me who else can see this stuff well (laughs) um I, you bring up a good point, and my my thought is is that at this point, there used to be a way that you thought that you would group people and and label it, and you would say only allow my stuff to be seen by family or friends or friends of friends would be the. I mean, you you basically could put a circle around yourself and say only so far and not anymore farther than this line. I'm drawing a line. And the problem is, is that Facebook is integrating with all these external sites that are not Facebook. And yet by doing that, they are allowing, let me, let me, (laughs) let me do a little bit of an eye opener for you. All right. Um, I know, you know who CC Chapman is. He tweeted out a link yesterday to something and I checked it out and I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Go ahead to likebutton.me. All right. I'm going there right now. I threw this in the show notes. And when I did this. It's going to bring up, basically, it's a collection of links shared by your Facebook friends from the most popular websites. All right. I I see this. Okay, so it's pulling up. It's still loading. And uh, so I see YouTube and CNN, Huffington Post, the TechCrunch, New York Times, and uh, so I can see all of my friends that are interacting on all of these sites. Right. Now, the thing is, is that this is like one big... Now, this is... I mean, this here is saying, don't worry. You're, for privacy-concerned people, don't worry. The like button has no access to your personal information. It just makes a good homepage. Hmm. So, in other words, this is actually... I mean, to be quite honest this is actually a pretty cool idea in my mind because it's not breaking any privacy because I'm coming here. It's connecting to my Facebook account. Like for example, you and I are looking at the exact same page, but the page is completely different because of who we are signed in as. Right. But the fact that this page, which is not Facebook can grab all this information from Facebook about our friends and tell us that stuff. That is essentially what is going on on all of these sites. Now, see this use. I don't know that this use really bothers me at all. I kind of, I kind of like this. This specific use. I'm using it as a, as an example in a sense to say, Hey, your stuff's going out there. Your friend's stuff's going out there. Right. I think what we said a long time ago, and I don't know that we've revisited it yet is to be quite honest, the, the, um, regardless of the hoops and um, just firewalls and whatever you may think you have personally set up in Facebook, you still need to not share anything you don't want anybody to not know. Right. It's and- just, I mean, you have to have it be a personal integrity issue to the sense that, all right, my life's an open book. I'm just not going to share you know, 
I don't know. Anyway, it's it confuses me even, and I'm looking into it, and I still can't figure it out. Yeah, see, I get this. Now, I, I, basically, my understanding is if I go to a site and I click like on something, right. uh, which which I hate that, you know, I still... It's well, like, that's still the same as what it used to be where you would fan the page, and it would show up back in Facebook that you became a fan of dot, dot, dot. But that's not true because now you can now you can like specific posts on a page. True. See, so so the, see, they've got the word like they've is added, being added, yeah yeah it's it, it's like you're not just it's like I can it's kind of like liking a brand which is still you know fanning a a page which you know why did they have to change it you know it should still be a fan page and maybe you can like different items on that page I, I don't mind the phrase like but I just hate the fact that they got rid of fan or that you yeah. know if they want to change the word fan change the word fan but don't make it the same thing as something new that you're introducing. It 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 it, right. it frustrates me uh, that that it you know that now I quote unquote like a person's public profile, but at the same time it's also I'm able to like certain stories, which is basically sharing stories out on the web, like say hey check this story out I really like this. That's it, it, in my mind it's it they're two different things. But anyway, um, my my concern isn't this. I I can obviously say you know what. I'm going to I'm going to choose whether or not I quote unquote like this story and if I like this story and I'm not afraid of everybody on the face of this planet seeing that I've quote unquote liked the story that I just read then by golly I'll hit the like page but tell me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong and and, and Eric I, I I'll have to admit to you my life has been so busy but I've been trying to keep up on this am I being overly paranoid or am I hearing stories that the fact that I just go to a website that has a like button that somehow Facebook's tracking that. From what I'm hearing, I believe it is being tracked. So, so here's the deal. If I, if I stay signed into Facebook, which I do all the time, I believe it's, I believe the better way to put it is that that is now associated to your profile. Yes. That, exactly. So basically, I, let's my and tell me. And, and again, I could be completely misunderstanding this. I want everybody to understand that I am not an authority on this. We come here to try to understand this stuff. And if you me know, either. and if you guys know more than us, phone number eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. Leave us feedback. We'll play it in the next show. Clarify for us all these things we're, we're getting wrong. And and I'm just asking the question here. But let's just say Eric Fisher runs this. Or, okay, let's not say this. Okay, let's just say that um, you know that that somebody sends a link out that quote unquote is masked as a site that I would like to go to. It's like, hey, check out this new church marketing site. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And of course, I click on that link, and it takes me to you know this week in pornography. You know, whatever, and, and it's, it's this horrible website. But all over, it's got all of these horrid images. It's got all of this other stuff, and there's like buttons all over the place. I obviously leave the site, but now, if if it, tell me if there's the possibility that now Facebook has tracked and will log that I have visited that site, even though I didn't click a like button. That's what I want to. Yeah, I I don't have a definitive answer on that. And that scares me. Yeah. And I I don't want to be paranoid about it, but I think that to the degree that they have changed things, I know that that is a very good possibility that that could happen. 
And unless somebody tells me otherwise, and I haven't seen that. The other thing that I've heard, this is a big breaking story that the they make it so easy to put a like button on that you can actually, you know, create a like button and just paste it in as as an iframe or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I could actually have I could let's just say I was this crazy person that ran this pornography site, okay? And, and of course I created a, a little button that, that says, you know, Hey, you know, you like this, share, share this with all your friends or, or whatever. But I also have this quote unquote, super ultra family friendly website that I run over here as a guise. And, and I have, and what I could do is I could take this nefarious pages like button and I can actually put it on this other page and I can click that like button and there's no way for me to know right off the bat. But what I've just did is I just, even though I was on a completely family friendly website, I clicked the like button and now all of a sudden on my profile, it shows that I like this very bad site. Mm -hmm. I've read, have you read those stories? I've heard about it. Yeah, I've heard about it. I, it, it so the, the the question here is what on earth is going on? And here here's the deal. Uh, Eric, how many people out there spend as much time as you and I do in trying to work all this stuff out? Oh, I know. Not hardly anybody, right? I mean, there's there's the the people that have to and there's the I mean, there's the web celebrities, but uh, we're definitely not that. So so, so my, my concern here is, is, you know, obviously, you know, we don't even understand what's going on. We're, we do a podcast about social media and we're trying to digest all of these changes and we still don't know. And we've got people out there all over the world clicking like buttons like crazy. Yeah. And so, and it's not like we want to go ahead and just, you know, spread fear about the possibility that you're, you're, you're in danger. Don't do that. You know, no. but cause I didn't believe in that, but you have to, you have to be cautious. Like you have to, like you do. I mean, if you just have to try to not, I mean, it, to be honest, I've shared a lot less and done a lot less on Facebook in the past week. One, just out of, well, I need to not be spending so much time on there, but two, just about, I don't totally understand how this works. I'm going to be a little bit more cautious for a while and see how this shakes down. So I, I, for me, I, I, again, I, I, I agree. I am not a panic, you know, person. And and this is not a ploy like, you know, these 24 hour news. Stay tuned till next week's episode when we will share more about how you can protect yourself from the world of social media. That's not what this is about. Uh, I mean, we, we want to spread the love and the joy of social media. We love, I mean, the, there's so many benefits, but I do want to say that I, I, this isn't just me being afraid of change. But this is just, I'm seeing some stories out there that are really concerning me. And, and it's not necessarily for me. I mean, I, I honestly, my life's pretty much an open book. And if you got a concern about something you see on my Facebook page, then then so be it. Tell me about it. And and maybe there's maybe something on that page that shouldn't be there. And <clears throat> and I'll investigate to why it might be there. This isn't a big deal. But, you know, the thing is, is I do have children that will be, you know, entering into these social media spaces. And, you know... I, and it's going to have to come down to those things. It's like, listen, you know, I don't care who, what your privacy settings are. I don't care. All this other stuff. You only put things that you want everybody in the world to be able to find within a, a search on Google. If, if you're yeah. okay, if it's okay for people anywhere in the world to find it on as a result of a Google search, 
then that's what you put on on these social media spaces. Nothing else. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing is, is like, well, then while you're in Facebook and you see a friend of yours that they've liked a something or other that's a brand or a post or a how far do you go by, you know, not clicking it or clicking it and. Yeah, my, but I don't know. My concern is is even if you have that principle, my my concern is these stories that say that if I just browse to a website that has this code put on there, even though I didn't share, you know, maybe this is something. It's like you know what, this isn't something I would publish to the world. But I am reading this. I'm looking at this. Right. I, I don't, read it. That doesn't mean that I agree with it. But yeah. And then all of a sudden, that the the possibility that that might show up on my profile somewhere and connect me as quote unquote liking that, that, that bothers me. And, and, and again, I'm not saying everybody out there that this is the truth. I'm just reading these stories. And, and so I, I am a little concerned about all these changes Mm -hmm. and, and you, you said it before when the privacy settings change or the terms of service in the privacy changes so often, it's hard to understand. It's like, why do I feel more comfortable with putting my kids on Twitter I don't know. Maybe it's a false sense of security, but for some reason, I have this feeling that um, that when I put my kids on on Twitter and their privacy privacy setting or their set page is set to private, that only people they approve to see the status updates that they have. Those are the only people that will see it. Not, not, well, and I think in terms of status updates, that's true. But I don't think that the interaction between external websites and Facebook necessarily is defined at that point. That is correct. Well, is that true? Okay, so here's the thing. So, for example, Eric, if if my son is a friend of yours on Twitter, you can see Matt's Twitter update. And you can res- okay. and you can respond to his Twitter update, and all of your friends on Twitter they can see your response to him, but when they go to click on him, they can't see him, and they can't see what it is that you actually responded to. That is impossible in my understanding on Twitter. However, yeah, well, and even even if they're not, I think that well, and Twitter's got that built in. If I at reply, and they're not following me and the other person, they won't see. No, but, in their but, timeline. but I could go, but here's the, do, here's the deal. You though. could go to my twitter.com if, page and see it though. That's right. I, if, if I yeah. go to your, if I go to twitter.com slash Eric J Fisher and you reply to him, I can see your publicly, I could see your reply, but if I'm not a friend, if I'm not approved by Matt, I still would not be able to see what you're replying to. Right. That would be impossible. Yeah. Now from, tell me if I'm mistaking this, but from my understanding is that if I share a photo on Facebook with you as my friend and and you leave a comment on my photo and one of your friends wants to go see this photo that you just commented about even though they're not my friend because they're a friend of yours and you're connected to them they can now see my photo mm. that's my understanding yeah I, I to be honest I don't know the answer to that I feel like it should be that if I've set that only my friends see that's and I see I think that that's a pictures. setting you're right yeah but if I tag you in it well and I think it has to be if is the person that can somebody else externally from you and me see it is based on possibly being friends with both of us I'm not sure yeah 
I'm looking here, profile information, photos, uh, photos and videos of me. And of course, I've got mine set to anybody can see. Okay, and so here it is. So you can actually do, uh, everyone can see my photos. You can actually set it up friends of friends. So that so that's this that's the setting I was mm-hmm. talking about. So it's not open to the public, but if you're a friend of one of my friends, then you can see it. Uh, then there is the option for only friends, and there's the option to customize it, which I think you can actually set groups of people and and you can hide it from certain individuals and stuff like that. Here's my question. Does anybody know what the default is? Because oh, I, I can guarantee you the default is everybody can see everything. Is that the default? I believe that when you first start Facebook, unless you turn it off, it's on. That, I, that's the assumption. Okay. So they are, there's some other folks in here that, def, okay, some, okay. Kim Landwehr is saying got open to everyone. Uh, Daniel saying the default is friends of friends. And my, my understanding, my thoughts were friends of friends which I think is a poor, I think that's a horrible default. Yeah. You know, that, that, that right there is a horrible default. And so while the, I think there's some ability to change these things, this is, this is, this is where, you know, like I said, if Megan came in, it's like, you know, we'd have to have some negotiations. We're going to have to talk about how some of these things work. And even though you have the principles of, you know, don't ever publish anything unless you think it's okay for the entire world to see it. There's still, even though that that's the philosophy there, I would still like the extra firewall of protection by keeping things from being seen that, you know, even though they're okay for the world to consume, it's not necessarily that we want to broadcast these things to the world. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, definitely. So, so these, 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 uh, yeah. And then, uh, April is actually saying, I think my default was friends of friends, but I changed it to friends only. And, uh, you know, and, and so the, these are the concerns that I have, but, but more so this, this whole like button thing has, has still got me confused. Have, have you learned anything else about it? Um, from what I, well, there was an article about, <laughs> What a, there was a read, write web article where it was titled Facebook's high pressure tactics opt in or else. Well, the thing is, is that they almost don't give you a choice to opt in. They just say, Hey, things have changed. Click here. And, uh, I mean, cause that's kind of how it worked. Well, anyway, it's about the connected profiles and which is kind of what we're talking about. Um, where when you first go in and, and they've made the changes, it says you can either click some of the, ch- some of the pages or not and say link to my profile. Um, Essentially what it's doing is it's taking the uh, brands, quote unquote brands, even if they didn't didn't exist yet, of um, the things that match your information in your account, such as uh, work and education or your current city, your hometown, uh, your likes and interests. And um, they have made pages for those things just in general, connectivity pages, connect pages, connected profiles, I should say. And so you click, if you, if you decide not to, it'll say something along the lines of, if you don't link to any pages, the following sections of your profile will be empty. And I'm looking at a screenshot that says this. Um, If you don't link to any pages, the following sections of your profile will be empty. Work and education, current city, hometown, likes and interests. And so basically you can't share that with your friends unless you opt in. Yeah, pretty much. Huh. Like they're pretty much saying you are going to opt in or you're going to miss out. 
And what you're missing out on is what we already were giving you and you didn't realize and now you're taking it for granted. Right. Basically. Um, what they're saying is it's not a forced opt in, um, like the instant personalization. See that that's the thing is that there's the, there's the instant personalization, which is the thing where your stuff on Facebook gets sent out and your stuff outside Facebook gets sent in. And then there's this, the connected profiles where people can see your stuff a little bit. Anyway, there's two different issues and yeah, essentially the instant personalization thing, which was the thing we were talking about, um, is not opt-in. That's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm still digging on this. I'm still looking for more information, um, in terms of this whole open graph thing that they've done and how that works as well as there was even a Senator, uh, I think it was the New York Senator. Um, yeah. Charles Schumer, um, wrote a letter to the FCC and he was urging them to create some privacy guidelines for Facebook and other social networking sites. And, um, he says basically to, in a nutshell, he says that Facebook's new features put the onus on users to opt out as opposed to asking them if they want to opt in. Right. And I think that's really the, that's a, that is a, what's the best word here? That is an actual beef with Facebook that I can get behind for once because you should not just make it automatically flip the switch for everybody. You need to, make it out. I mean, it's the same Google buzz thing all over again. You don't just tell me, don't just put buzz in my Gmail. Let me opt in. Right. So, right. Yeah. Let me opt in. Uh, and, and it's saying that Facebook doesn't see it that way. They say that none of these changes removed or reduced people's control over the information. But again, Facebook, and I'm just going to talk straight to Facebook, Facebook, you've not explained this well enough yet to your users for us to be educated to do anything about it, which is to your advantage not to educate us to a certain extent, because then we will not even, we, we will not, we will do what you want us to do, which is make it all open so that you can track it all so you can sell ads. Exactly. To be quite honest, that's my opinion, but yeah. <laughs> that's the way I see it. But if you educate us and make us happy and let us use your, your site the way we thought we were using it, then We'll be happy and keep using your brand, but you yeah. know, anyway, I, I, I have a, feel, I have a feeling and, and I just want to share this out there. I, I think this is all going to shake out in the end and I think it's all going to end up being fine. I don't think that, I don't think Facebook is evil. I really don't. I think Facebook is a company that wants to be a place that is a, you know, a repository of information. I mean, Facebook obviously doesn't know nearly about as much about us as Google and we're not all up in arms about oh, Google. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no question. Google they know knows. more than we do. Although we opt in to share more through Facebook because we think it's public or private. Sorry. Exactly. Or we think we've got control over the privacy there. And that's where I have a little bit of the integrity issue in terms of you're, you're toying with us a little bit. You, you're making it seem like we can share some stuff on here than not necessarily spelling out how that information is being used. Right. I want to so. say that um, for those who are listening via the podcast, um, I want to say to you guys that if you go to this week's show notes for Social Media Serenity at socialmediaserenity.com, look for episode 38. I just put a link to the Readwrite web article uh, in the show notes for how to trick users into liking Facebook pages they're not on. 
So mm. I, I, I felt like yeah. since I, I kind of brought up that I, I should give you at least a source of where I kind of read that information and glanced over it. So, um, yeah, uh, th- there's lots of stuff there. Uh, what about, um, is that cover most of everything we had in our show notes before we got started here? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, he- here's the situation. I, I don't, I don't want people to be afraid. I don't want you to quit using Facebook. I mean, obviously, uh, just be just be cautious of what you are sharing there. And I don't know. I, I, matter of fact, I'm sitting here looking at the my Google reader and I'm not able to find the story where I thought where it says, you know, you know how people are going to be able to track you, how Facebook tracks you, uh, even though you're on these other sites. But I know I saw it somewhere and I, I wish I could find it. But um, yeah, I, I think it's important to to understand that. Facebook isn't the same Facebook today that it was when we signed up, you know, two no. years ago. And if you haven't checked your privacy settings, uh, since do an you, audit. Yeah, since you, yeah, exactly. Do an audit of your privacy settings. Go through and make sure all the things. I mean, the, the privacy privacy settings aren't in Greek. I mean, they are in a language that kind of makes sense. But make sure that the settings that are there are things that are all things that you're comfortable with. Um, and here's the, here's the thing though, is I'm just not quite sure how many, how many potential holes in the firewall there are when we start browsing the web and start signing in using Facebook, all these places. Right. Here, here's the other thing. Uh, talk about this first. Have you, did you see the article on, um, uh, login to Twitter, any, or Twitter at anywhere? Have you heard about this? No. Does it have to do with their new service? Yes. So, okay. I, and, and I, why don't I see, I mean, I'm having a hard time. I, I'm still learning how to do all this stuff on, uh, uh, oh, that's okay. I see. There's the next page of items that I, anyway, but anyway, um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to do all the sharing and liking and starring. I, I need some uh-huh. organizational, uh, methods for tracking things for certain shows here. Um, but you any, can create folders in there, by the way. On your on your start items and your shared in items. Your, in your Google Reader, you can you can set it to where you throw something in a. I do different things with that. For example, with stars, that's my. Um, when I star something in Google Reader, it's a okay. This is something I want to do something with later, and and that is just to sh- do a quick sift through of everything. Um, Sharing, that's a, all right, for all the people that are following me on Google Reader, I want them to see that I want them to read this article because I found it interesting. You can go one step further than sharing and you can write it, you can share with a note and you can actually annotate and write like a, hey, I did totally disagree with this article, but it was interesting. Or I wholeheartedly agree with this article and made me think of this and this. So, or you can tweet it out or you can share it to Facebook and so on and so on. But anyway, and then there's the folders where if, if, for example, you wanted to save something for a specific show, you could create a folder and then um, tag it with that folders label, so to speak, so that you could only click on certain labels and you'd see those articles for that show pop right up. Okay. So, so let me, so you say I can actually create a folder for each of my shows. Yes. And I can tag an individual article with that folder name. Right. 
Because I right now I have folders and I just have RSS feeds in those folders. Okay. So like I have technology and in, t- in the technology folder, it has Apple Hot News, Apple Insider, Dig.com Stories for Apple, Mashable, Rewrite Web, um, and and stuff like that. And then I have, um, you know, friends folder, which is the blogs of all my friends. Mm-hmm. But you're saying I can actually have Let a me folder. See, I'm trying to figure out where, because I, I had done this at one point. And this could even be something we talk about next time. All right. Tutorial. Google Reader to the tutorial. <laughs> so, yeah, because what I want to do is I want to have a folder for each of my shows that don't have RSS feeds, but literally that I've actually tagged stories for that particular show. Right. Because right now what I've been doing is I've been trying to send to Instapaper and then I use then I have to go to Instapaper and send them to folders. So I'm trying to find a way to tag these for, and I know, I know Twit, you know, I'll tell you what sounds like this would be a perfect use. If we can't do what I was just saying, it'd be a perfect use of Evernote. Of Evernote. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Cause you can literally add a little subscript in an article in Google reader where it says send to, and you can hit Evernote and it'll send it right to it. I do it all the time. And then I can publicly share our Evernote folders. Yeah. You could. Folks. I might look into no. that. Um, that's probably what I'll look into. Alrighty. So so anyway, but this at anywhere is a Twitter thing where you can put some some JavaScript up in the header of your file, and then you can just put some little code, and it allows people. Like for example, one of the I actually turned it on on a test site just to kind of play with it and see how it would work. And, mm-hmm. and one of the nice things is, is that, and you know how everybody, like all of my sites, you can click on my Twitter icon and it'll take you to my profile where you can follow me. So, so we all have, we, a lot of us have these, you know, these icons, social media icons that say, follow me. That takes you to our profiles. Well, with at anywhere, you can actually, it says, click here to follow me. And it doesn't take you to the Twitter profile if you're logged into Twitter, it just boom lets you let you log it list just lets you follow me right from my website without having to leave my website at all. Okay, cool. All right. So that sounds so so far that sounds really cool, right? Yeah. All right. So the next thing is is you can actually also put some header code in there that will automatically take any place, any place at all, where you put at in a username from Twitter that it will automatically turn that link that into that text into a hyperlink of a Twitter profile. So if I put at Eric J Fisher just in text anywhere on my site, it will automatically turn at Eric J Fisher into a hyperlink to your profile, which I think is pretty That's cool. That's awesome. That's, That's really great. awesome. Here's the other thing. There's also a hover box that uh, script so that anytime you put at Eric J Fisher or at anybody's name, when you highlight over it, it brings up this little hover box that gives your you know profile information and the ability to follow you right from my website without taking you to your profile. So all of these are really awesome things. Here's the problem though. I'm not sure about the, you know, just the hyperlinking one, but with the follow me on Twitter and the hover box stuff, with all that functionality, if you actually click to follow me right from my website, you have to you get that little. Um, do you want to add this connection as an authorized um, communication between you, your 
Twitter profile and this website. So you have to, it's kind of like saying, do you want to associate your Twitter ID with this site? But the wording on it kind of makes it sound as though that if you do this, that all of a sudden you're giving um, uh, podcastanswerman.com access to post things for you on your Twitter timeline. And technically speaking, you are because there's some other JavaScript that you can put in where people can tweet right from your site. So it's like, hey, tell me, tell people what you think about this story. And you can type in a little box and hit send and boom, it'll send it right to your Twitter account. Uh But even if you, but here's what I don't like is I don't necessarily want to have the ability to tweet to people's streams from my site because I don't want them to have to get that little pop-up that says, do you want to, are you sure you want to allow podcast answer man to publish stories to your Twitter timeline? Cause I'm not looking to do that. I just want to give people the ability to follow me from my website. Right. Or send your content out from where they're at. Right. Right in front of you. Well, that, that well, if, if, if that's the case, then I can see the reason for the little disclaimer box up there, you know, it, yeah. but, but what if I only wanted to have, you know, the functionality for you to just click one button and boom, you're following me on Twitter. You know, it's a, it's a one click follow versus being taken to my profile. It's not necessarily, I'm not, if, if you click that button, it's not going to tweet out to everybody saying that you just followed Cliff Ravenscraft. Right. So why make them do that? But I, I mean, the thing is, is there is functionality that goes with at anywhere that does allow people, does allow your website to, to go right into their Twitter profile and post information. And I'll be honest with you. I stay away from those sites as, as much as possible. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, Hey, do you want us to post, you know, do you want us to post every time, you know, uh, somebody leaves a comment for you on your Twitter timeline? It's like, no, I don't want yeah. you to put stuff in my Twitter timeline. And so I chose not to use at anywhere from Twitter because I don't want people f- feeling like I'm going to start throwing stuff on their site. I, yeah. you know, I'm afraid that it's like, wait a second, maybe, maybe Cliff's podcast answer site is going to, every time he puts out a new, uh, episode, it's going to put out a post on my page, which obviously is not going to happen. But I think that that would be the mindset of some folks out there when they see that little pop-up box because of the wording that's there. Yeah. I could, I mean, it's, it's not clearly defined. Cause I, I certainly know that if I go to Facebook and I sign into an application, by golly, I know that that if I say, yeah, it's okay to sign to, into my timeline, by golly, anything I ever do in that application is posted to my timeline. That's one of the reasons I don't like to use those applications. Yeah. Anyway. we're Eric, I think we're grumpy old men. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, this should be the grumpy old men episode of Social Media Serenity. Yeah. Get off my Facebook lawn. (laughs) Anyway, so is Facebook evil? We want to hear from you. What do you guys think? Give us a call, 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. Hey, if you guys have some tips, some tricks, anything related to um, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, I I think, you know, I I still believe there's a handful of people are still using Plurk out there. And wow. I need to actually find out if there's a way for me to get my Twitter to automatically post to Plurk. Of course, I have you used Plurk before? I never used it. You never did use it. I avoided it. Yeah, I should I should sign in and see if there's any but any action still happening there. 
Winnie is on no. our chat room. She says she is. Well, anyway, folks, we want to hear from you. 859-795-4067. Talk to you next week. Bye.